Kids, it's time for the morning brief. We bring in one of our heavy hitters, in this case, Preet Banerjee, personal <laughs> finance commentator, to provide some insight on the day's big stories. You think that's an exaggeration, Preet? Uh, no, I'm just wondering if you've been monitoring what I've been eating in the last couple of, the w- couple of weeks. I do feel heavier, that's for sure. Oh, no. It's all that British food now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. You know, people make fun of the British and their cuisine, but that's like a 50-year-old uh, slag because uh, there's plenty of good eats in England. Oh, absolutely. If you're not finding good food in London, you're not looking. Okay. So, um, I hate to begin a topic with kids today, uh, but a group of kids on a bus, apparently in Scarborough, and we're beginning to zero in on when it happened, which is probably Monday. A group of kids setting off some fireworks. Uh, here's hoping cops track them down and uh, give them a good thrashing. Yeah, you know, as uh, Bullet Tooth Tony said in the movie Snatch, never underestimate the predictability of stupidity. <laughs> and I say that because we clearly see the person's face in the video. They yeah. they videotaped their, their alleged crime, I'll say at this point, and I expect they'll be identified fairly easily. But, you know, I think the problem here is that social media really encourages copycat behavior. So I'm worried about people mimicking this and trying to get away with more because we had that wave of people bus surfing and car surfing a couple of years ago. I'm sure it still happens. We have people, you know, posting videos of themselves walking on ledges of skyscrapers, which is stomach turning to watch. But there are a few people who do that and, you know, end up dying. So who knows what is next? There's always some challenge that is going to lead to more mimicry. Uh, I hope the person taking the video and the person who set off that the firework get banned or fined for years. Um, candidates for mayor are trying to stand out, and I think uh, Anthony Fury definitely stood out yesterday, called a press conference, and denounced the fact that the city provides meth and crack pipes. Let's listen in. Taxpayers would be alarmed to hear just what's really going on with the drug culture being pushed by City Hall. Not only are there plans to create more injection sites throughout the city, but a whistleblower has provided me with City of Toronto branded crystal meth pipe kits and crack pipes. So your tax dollars, ladies and gentlemen, are going towards creating crystal meth and crack pipe kits. Okay, so Preet, worth debating whether or not people believe in this, but when he talks about a whistleblower, really, is that somebody who had access to the internet and the City of Toronto website? (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, I I think, sure, there's a debate to be had, but, you know, the kits allow for, you know, reduction of harm. That's the purpose, by being sterilized and reducing the transmission of communicable diseases like hep C, HIV. If you are addicted to the drugs in question, just asking them to stop isn't going to work. So it's a harm reduction strategy that recognizes that's not the only strategy. So to position this as an either or, which is, you know, safe injection sites, harm reduction strategies, or just focus on treatment tells me you're an unserious person because you should be doing both. Meanwhile, this is a a very comprehensive feature, so we can only scratch the surface of it. But an interesting Hamilton Spectator Toronto Star collaboration documenting the rise of white supremacy and hatred in the province of Ontario, and then noting that prosecutions for the same issues have not actually gone up. But I mean, uh, you know, as a person of color, how concerned are you about this, even if you're not living in Ontario right now? Oh, hugely concerned because it's not just an Ontario localized phenomenon. This is happening in many places around the world. And it has the same, I think, 
precipitating ingredients, and that is uh, obviously Trump's rhetoric starting back in 2015, 2016. That was an instrumentally significant point in history in terms of changing how brazen people are about expressing these views and perpetrating you know, hate crimes and galvanizing that. You've got the economic realities that people are facing all around the world, which pushes them over the edge, and of course, social media. So it does concern me. And what I take away from the, you know, first part in this investigative series, one of the things that I take away is just how the current system is not really designed to deal with the realities of today, because there are apparently three different charges that could be laid that kind of fall under the umbrella of, of hate crime. And people are reluctant to use those charges because they're so hard to prove. And so they resort to maybe lesser charges like mischief. And so it doesn't accurately consider the realities of today. So I'm hoping that politicians will take this and realize that this is a growing problem because of all the reported crimes that are going up, the unreported crimes and incidents, I promise you, are growing up even faster. So apparently the feds are getting ready to get rid of half of their office buildings. Most of them are in the Ottawa area. I'd say this is good news, Preet, except of course we won't get a particularly good deal for them since we're going to be flooding the market at a time where nobody wants commercial real estate. Uh, you know what? I'm fine with that. I'm good with that trade-off. I think it's a good move not only to reflect the, the reality of what many office workers want, because it's just wasted space if, you know, workers, many of them are not returning to the office five days a week. So I think it makes sense to do that. And the other is, you know, I, I'm happy with flooding the market because we have an affordability crisis. So for me, it kills two birds with one stone, reduce expenses for the government and be a part of the plan to address housing affordability. It's it's win-win for me. Do you not worry that there could be, you know, a point 20 years from now where we think, oh, crap, we gave away all the buildings and we got to get them back? Uh, no, because we'll have many, many years to tackle that problem. I think we have an acute affordability crisis, which is far more important than a problem 20 years down the road. Ottawa set to change the law pre to force tobacco companies to actually print warnings on every single individual cigarette. And I'm all for it. We're down to 13% of the population that smokes. Maybe we can hammer that down further. Yeah, I think we're getting diminishing returns at this point. Um, I don't know if it's going to, you know, move the needle that much. I'm not against it. I just don't have high hopes of it. You know, all of a sudden people are like, oh, you know what? I didn't know this before. People know. <laughs> I don't think there's very many smokers now that don't know that it's harmful at this point. But I think if you wanted a better deterrent, just fill the packages with glitter. Mandate that they're filled with glitter <laughs> because that is such a nuisance that will deter you from smoking. Okay, good idea. Uh, Canadians is, say, according to a new survey that the city or town they live in has become noisier. Um, I think, you know, anecdotally, when you ask people, are things noisier, they probably go, yeah, I guess so. But I was thinking exactly what would be noisier? Yeah, I'm not <clears throat> not entirely sure. I mean, I'm not surprised because as cities grow, you got more people to make more noise. So you would expect that things would be noisier. If anything, I would think that with more electric vehicles and more things being electrified, there'd be a reduction in a lot of, you know, 
the major sources of noise before, like traffic. But you still have kids with modified exhausts, you know, crackling and popping at all hours of the night. I guess leaf blowers are a perennial problem. So I'm not exactly sure what the exact sources are. But if there was a new charge to be laid, it should be for people who use speakerphones in public or watch videos on their smartphones on transit without using earphones or headphones. Absolute psychopaths. Totally with you on that. I cannot stand people who <laughs> dine alone in a restaurant and then talk to somebody on a speakerphone. It drives me crazy. Makes no sense. Okay, and this actually happened in the UK where we find you. A uh, cheese wheel race where you <laughs> let a giant wheel of cheese go down a hill and then people chase it until somebody gets it. And it was won by a 19-year-old Canadian who knocked herself out. <laughs> Yeah. So the uh, this race happens every year. I, I guess it's been happening for a few hundred years. It's some kind of unknown national sport. Uh, I think the greatest part of this story, it's basically a vertical hill that you run down. So it's guaranteed people are going to get injured. <laughs> I think the greatest part of this story is that the winner of one of the races was asked, how did you train for this? <laughs> he just said, well, you can't really train for this. It's really just about being an idiot, isn't it? <laughs> well, at least he has a degree of self-awareness. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I think this is a great sort of microcosm of British culture that's so great. Preet, thanks a lot. Good to have you. My pleasure. Thank you, John. Preet Banerjee, if you'd like to know more about Preet, his website is called Money Gaps. And yeah, that cheese thing, I just think, you know, sometimes you got to do stupid things in life. And as long as they're not entirely destructive, I mean, probably people break legs and arms chasing the cheese wheel. But there's no real harm in it, and it's just public idiocy, and you get some cheese when it's over.